Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Ted Rubin. He's the author of How to Look People in the Eye Digitally. Thanks for being here, Ted. I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get into it because, you know, the I was saying earlier that the title of your book, it's a little bit of an oxymoron because, you know, the digital world we live in, that, that enables, you know, very little face-to-face -face interaction. So you're talking about looking somebody in the eye. So tell us, what does that mean and how do we do it and why, why do we want to do it? Well, I'm using the expression to get people to understand the fact that when I'm talking to you, I'm looking you in the eye. When we've all been taught about how to meet people, whether it was our first date and we were told, look at the girl or look at the guy and mm -hmm. make sure you're not looking around the room at other people, right. or when you went on meetings, I'm trying to express to people the need to start doing this in the digital world. And there are ways to do it. And I'm using that expression because it means something to somebody. When someone hears the expression, look me in the eye or look someone in the eye, they know what it means. It means pay attention. It right. means show them that you're interested. It means show that you care and that you're really there and present in the moment. So how do we do that in this digital world we live in, this social media online world? Because we're not seeing anybody face to face, so to speak. So how do we pay attention? How are we in sync with them? Well, truth be told, it's really easy. It's easy from the perspective of how do I get this information? It's hard because it takes a lot of work to do it. Okay. And it means a little bit of extra time. We've all been trained now to do things quickly, write short texts, give little, give letters, you know, to, so people will know what you're saying without having to write it. But what you need to do is call people by name. And if their name is not in their handle, or even if it is, I usually check on their profile just to make sure that it's not a nickname or it's not something that's relevant. But dig a little bit, call them by name, see where they live. Mm -hmm. Do the same things you would do when you were taught when you went to your first meeting. So I don't know about you, but I was trained to be in the sales field. That's where I got it. And I personally think that the best marketers are former great salespeople. Why? Because sure. they know how to listen and hear. And I say hear because I think that's the next step beyond listening. Really paying attention, not only with their ears, but with their eyes, because you can learn a lot by right. reading and watching things. So how do you do it this way? You look where somebody's from and you make a comment about their hometown. Okay. Uh, when I first went on meetings, I was always taught, get there early, look around the office, get some information so you can have something valuable to make that personal connection. The minute you get in the room, look at the photos on the wall, the diplomas. Is this person a father, a grandfather, right. a parent? It, do they play golf? Do they like to fish? Do they climb mountains? And then be able to make a comment about that because that's how you connect with people. Now you can do the same things online. And actually it's easier because you write me a tweet or you write me an email or you connect with me with a text. I have time. No one's expecting me to answer that second. Right. I can now go You're not look. on the spot. Right. I can look at, I can find out that you like pickleball. Now, I not love, a clue like what it, pickleball <laughs> was, but now I, I, right. I have an understanding of what it is. I have to say, you came in before we started and I was so impressed. I guess you listened to me digitally because you you, you made it personal. You right. personalized our introduction to one another and it was terrific. You spent you some were time in Spain for school. So when you mentioned, I mean, I but thought maybe is, pickleball was creepy. from there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but truth be told, the reason it's not creepy is because you're putting it all out there. Now, right. if I found out things that weren't published, Right. that weren't out there. Exactly. Now we're getting a little creepy. And then we're crossing a line. But, but, right. if, but if I'm talking about things before I even meet you that you've published, especially if you're connected to me on digital channels right. or if you leave your digital channels open. I leave all mine open. You want to know about me, go to my Facebook page. It's all there. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're a friend or not. Mm -hmm. I open it up to you because I want people to know I am. I think the line 
between business and personal has disappeared. Yeah, what line? Okay, right. <laughs> but beyond that, there's a re people want to know who you are. So can I interrupt you for that? Sure. What do you, what do you say to the C-suite executive or the employee who's a little bit old school, Ted, who is more traditional and says, I just, I'm a private person. I can't blur that line. There has to be a line for me. But we ha you have to face this digital world we live in because people want to know about you. What do you do? How do you, you know? Well, in some ways you just answered it. They don't want to, but in some ways you have to because it's all there. But then again, everybody has their levels. I mean, you, just like any kind of relationship, I might meet you and you and I might go out, have a great time, and the next thing you know, you're texting me the next day. Or you might be the kind of person that says, hey, that was only the first time we met. Mm -hmm. It takes three or four more meetings before that happens. Okay. So, so what I'm trying to say to people is what they're, the mistake they're making is they think clicking a button means making a friend. Facebook has done a remarkable thing. They've taken ownership of the word friend. Right. I mean, they own it. Close your eyes. Think of the word friend and see what pops up well, in your head. They've changed the definition of friend. Well, you know, but, you know, but you more meet, than you meet that, someone across the street now they friend you. You see a Facebook friend. logo and you think it's your friend. Right. But when someone likes you or or follows you or something like that, you know what that is? That's a handshake. Now you and I shake hands. We're not friends. Right. That's an introduction. It's an introduction to right. start a friendship. That's an opportunity to do it. Right. And then how do you do that? You go and you get to know things about people. But what if, what if you can't? You know, you say make make the digital experience personal. You know, you found out that I like the sport pickleball. What if I'm that person who has very little personal information out there. How do I listen to them digitally if I'm not giving you much to listen to? Well, first of all, there's a lot more information out there about everybody than you think. Okay. Privacy doesn't exist anymore. You Google anybody, you're going to find, uh, there's no excuse not to know something. Okay. Second of all, I'm going to know your name. Mm -hmm. And what happens digitally is people stop, have stopped using names. Right. So follow me on Twitter or any social channel. Email me, text me, and you'll notice that 80 to 90% of the time when I reply to you, I'm going to reply to you by name. At the, some point in the, in, the, in the answer, I'm going to say, Taryn, have a great day. I'm going to say, Taryn, what are you doing now? Right. In all the different channels, because that is the sweetest sound right. to anybody in any language, the sound of their name. Dale Carnegie has been saying that since 1936. And truth be told, this is nothing more than Dale Carnegie for the digital age. When I speak, when I'm at events, when I work with groups, I tell them the best social media book ever written was written in 1936. Wow. And it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Have we become lazy communicators? We have come in, become incredibly lazy communicators. We, we want to make everything fast. Our expectations have changed. People talk about millennials being different. They're not different. They've just grown up with different experiences. They have, they have the same heart and soul we do. Mm -hmm. They have the same genetics. Their genetics haven't changed. Do they? <laughs> That's over to them. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, but, but their environment has changed. They've learned to get information very quickly, so their expectation is faster. Look at Generation Z now. They expect answers like that. C-Suite Radio. So you talk a lot in the book about listening digitally, and you say a lot of us already know how to do it. How do we do it? If we know how to do it, how do we do it better? If we're not sure how to do it, what, what are the building blocks to listening digitally? The most important building block is taking the time. Okay. Digging into someone's profile. Mm -hmm. Taking the split second it takes to click on the link that shows you their Twitter page. People put a lot of information on there that isn't necessarily in that small little bio. And then there's ways to communicate it yourself, to put information out there. So on all of my handles, I have quotes because I think they give people insight into my soul. Mm -hmm. and, and it gives them the ability to interpret a little bit about who I am and what it means to them. So on my Twitter handle, a lot of my presence is, the quote I use is, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. Mm -hmm. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Because yeah. I've just learned in my life that there are challenges always, and if you wait for the perfect time, you miss the opportunity. So the point is, even though we live in this digital world, you still have to employ personalization. Absolutely. Go that extra mile, say that person's name, make them feel important that you've, you've looked them up, you've right. listened to them. 
digitally. This idea of looking people in the eye digitally, is this just for the C-suite? Is this every Oh no, this is, this, is for, this is for, for everybody. everybody. I mean, the C-suite are probably going to be the last to adopt because they just don't have the tolerance or the desire or they think the need to do it mm -hmm. because they're going to assign you to do it or they're going right. to assign me to do it. But the truth be told, if it doesn't start at the top, yeah. it's the same thing as social media. There's all these companies spending millions and millions of dollar, dollars now in the social sphere and the C-suite isn't even there right. most Who? of the time. No. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, would they ever put millions of dollars into a TV commercial without watching the TV show no. or seeing the commercial? Right. You've got to start participating. Even if you don't want to do the exact interaction, you've got to open up those channels every day and start reading them. And please, stop blocking your employees at work from social channels. Mm -hmm. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever Do you heard. find that's still the case? Oh, it's the majority of the case. I'm, let, let me change that. I wouldn't say the majority, but there's a lot of companies still doing it. And first of all, everybody has a second and even third screen. People sure. are just going under their desk. They're looking at their phone. There's more smoking breaks in America right. now than right. there were three years ago. Right. Do you actually think there's more people smoking? Right, and numbers are down, but the But they're going outside and they're yeah, looking at their course, smartphones. Right. I mean, and the other thing is the information is coming across on those channels. If you want to start building your companies mm -hmm. and leveraging these platforms and doing the stuff that takes so much time to do, you've got to start empowering your employees to do it. You empower your employees, they will power your brand. That is shocking to hear in the digital landscape we live in, blocking that, it seems, it's fundamentally just futile. Doesn't make sense, right? It makes no sense. There's something you said in the book I like, Ted. It says, we don't need to fit our world into social, we need to fit social into our world. What did you mean by that? Well, what's happening is everybody's thinking that these platforms or the relationship itself. And thinking, hey, I go on Facebook, I got a lot of friends. Right. I mean, I noticed it first with my daughters. When I go in their room and go, don't you guys go out anymore? They'd have five screens open, and they'd say, Dad, what are you talking about? I go, do you have any friends? Yeah, look, I have 500 friends. Right. And I'd say, really, who's that? I don't know, who's that? Oh, I think she's a friend of Sue's. And this scared me, but it didn't scare me as a dad, because I trust my daughters. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them they have 100% of my trust until they don't. It worried me, because people like us, people in the C-suite, I, I talk to groups of hundreds and thousands of VPs of marketing. And they're doing the same thing. They think that somebody likes their brand because they clicked a button. So what's happening is we're thinking that the social is the relationship, but what we have to do is fit it into our world and start actually looking at people, start communicating with them. Use those platforms and tools right. to meet more people, to find out more about who they are. I know so many people now. I show up at events. People come up and hug it out with me that I've never met, but I've known on social for two, three years. We know more about each other than I used to know about someone I knew for three years because how many times did I see them? Five or six times right. over that period of time? These people I'm engaging with Then daily, it just comes weekly. down to you know, what kind of a communicator were you before digital? You know, if you're not the kind of person that asks a lot of questions and gets that information out, but you know. The thing is, you don't have to ask questions. You can start right. observing. Right. You can, you know, I tell this to brands all the time. They're all worried about people coming to their pages. How many people are leaving comments? How many people are coming to your pages? What's the organic reach of Facebook? Who cares? Get these people interested in you and then go to their pages. Go to their Twitter handles. They're giving you all the information in the world. You know the expression, I wish I was a fly on the wall in that mm -hmm. meeting? I put a slide up all the time of a fly on the wall and people stare at it. And I say, everybody is inviting you into their living rooms and nobody's going. Right. Start going there and seeing what they're talking about. All the information is there for you. Anybody you want to know, right. you want to get to know somebody, go to their social channels and see what they're talking about. Right. And by the way, most Twitter is not blocked. I mean, that's a, like Facebook, some people keep it blocked, some people don't. Facebook, you, Twitter, you can go in and see what people are talking about all day. Last question, do you think there's another big social 
platform to come. I and mean, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have Instagram. Those are the top three. Is there another one on the horizon, Ted? You know, there's always something new. You know, Snapchat's out there now. Yeah. I'm not a big fan just because I don't I, I don't like the fact that it's not static. But of course, they're changing that now mm -hmm. because they need to sell ads. They can't sell ads around photos that disappear. Right. So now they're creating news content that's going to be around for 24 hours. So they're becoming more like other platforms. And other things always arise. But I like to say it's so important to start executing on what's now instead of worrying about what's next. Words to live by. Very good, digitally and in real life. Yes. Thank you so much, Ted. We're out of time, but I just want to say this has been eye-opening, literally and digitally and well, figuratively. I enjoyed I'm it sure too. you've never heard that one before. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. If you'd like more information on the book, it's called How to Look People in the Eye Digitally. You can check out our website, www.csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.